Welcome to Sovereign Self, weaving spiritual awakening with the fabric of everyday life. Your host is Zofia Renea Morales. We'll discuss and show you how you can achieve the highest potential in your life through divine wisdom and really live. Now, here is your host, Zofia Renea Morales. Welcome back to another episode in Sovereign Self. Uh, We are looking forward to weaving spiritual awakening with the fabric of everyday life today with our guest, Sean Romero. Sean is a United States Air Force veteran of 17 years. He is a single father of four and a certified John C. Maxwell coach, mentor, and motivational speaker. Sean has created his company, Faithfully Led, to play blessings forward to help people live exceptional lives by teaching how to embrace uncertainty and life's unexpected turns. Thank you for joining us today, Sean. Thank you. I appreciate you having me on. I'm so excited to talk to you because I love hearing about different people's spiritual journeys and where they started and where they arrived at. And I'd like to start by learning a little bit about where you were before you awoke, (laughs) before you really got connected and dialed in with God. Right. Um, You know, before I really, really was saved, you know, with the Lord, I was in a very bad place. You know, I was just in a very deep depression, you know, a lot of severe anxiety, you know, very frustrated. You know, I was going through a a severe divorce. I was going through, uh, you know, ending my career in the military. And uh, so with all that having to be happening all at once, you know, having to re- refine my identity and learn how to be a single dad of four. It was just everything all at once. It just, you know, where was the next paycheck going to come from? Where was the, you know, I was going to put food on the table, you know, and things like that. So I was in a very, very, very deep, you know, dark place. And, you know, it's funny how it happened. You know, it literally, uh, February 8th, I signed my resignation papers with the U.S. Air Force February 13th, I signed my divorce papers, but then February 17th, I actually was uh, baptized in my church. And so I was, you know, saved right then and there. And, you know, and, but it, and it's been a journey. It's been a, a, an every day. It's a journey. It's funny how those sorts of events will all kind of converge together to get you to go, oh, wait, what is really important here? Right, right. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And and it all put everything into perspective. And, and even after everything happened, and even after, you know, like I said, every day, it's a journey every day, you have to earn it. You know, I, like I used to tell my, my guys at work when I was training them, you know, I was a mechanic on F-16s. And so I would tell them every day, you know, just because you have these skills, and you know, just because you're good at this, you have to earn it every single day. You have to earn it every single day. Yeah, it, it doesn't do any good to have skills if you're not actually putting them out into the world and, right, and diligent right. in, exactly. in how you're serving. Exactly, exactly. Yeah, isn't that something? So what was kind of the wake-up call to you from your soul saying, look, you need to be engaged in a more divinely led purpose, a more divinely guided sort of life? Well, you know, growing up, uh, you know, growing up in New York, I've always been that very spiritual person. I grew up as a Catholic and, uh, you know, I, I was, you know, just a very spiritual person just in general. But 
you know, even after, you know, as I was getting older, I was always kind of like in the back of my mind, I was always thinking like, there has to be more, there has to be more than this. There has to be more than just the business aspect of the religion. You know, yeah, you I, show I, up every Sunday, you put yeah, your envelope in the thing and yeah, you, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So there had to be something more. So as I, as when I went through basic training, you know, and, and things like that, I, I, I received the, the second, you know, I received the new Testament. They gave us a new Testament. I still carry it to this day. And, uh, you know, and being from New York City, you know, 9-11 was very, very heartfelt to me. I, I saw everything happen after three days after everything happened. I was there down at ground zero. So it really kind of gave the spiritual awakening for me. So that way I can see things in a different light. And then that really started my journey. And then after my training, my initial training, you know, I came back and I had my own trainer back at my base and he was a devout Christian. And he took me under his wing and he really just kind of just opened my eyes up to the different ways of seeing things. And that really started my journey. And ever since then, like I said, it was, it was a, it was a fight. It's an ebb and flow. You know, I was like, Hey God, you know, I want this. And he keeps saying, all right, this is what I want you to do. You're like, no, 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 I don't, no, no, no. Just give me the goods. Exactly. <laughs> no, 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 no. You know? And so, you know, he kind of fought back and forth and it was, it was one of those things. And I mean, even like I said, even to this day, you know, where you sit there and you think, all right, this is how I want my life to go. And God's like, ha, 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 that's a good, that's a good too. <laughs> that's yeah, cute. That's, that's really that's cute. Yeah, exactly. I've got something so much bigger planned for you. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. You know, and then, then you just sit there and you're like, oh man, all right, God, I got you. And you're in this rut, you're in this valley, you're in this deep, dark phase. And then you're like, how do I get out of this? How do I get, you know what I mean? And then all of a sudden, boom, everything happens all at once. And then you're yeah, like, it's oh, like, oh right, there here's you your answer. Yep, there you go. <laughs> See that wall right there? Run at that wall. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. Yep, exactly. So, so that's, and that's pretty much how my life has been. You know, and that's one of the reasons why I've, I've I created Faithfully Led. So that way I can help all those others because it's a, it's a level of uncertainty. You know, every single day it's uncertain. You're uncertain about how your life is going to happen, how your life is, you know, you may have everything planned out, but you know, it's kind of like, you know, my, one of my favorite boxers growing up was Mike Tyson. And uh, he says, you know, everybody has a plan that they get punched in the face. Yes. You know? <laughs> and then it's like, so, holy shit, now what do I do? <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. So, you know, so you, you have that plan and then you get punched in the face and then you're like, oh, what do I do? All you know? right. So, now we got to fall back and regroup. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. But that's, but that's how you grow. You know, that's exactly. how you grow. And, and that's what Faithful that's all about. And, and I love talking about uncertainty because the ego aspect of ourselves, the personality aspect of ourselves, we like right. the security of that plan. We like the security of knowing how things are supposed to unfold right. and unwind and that sort of thing. And what I've found is when you um, embrace the unknowing, the uncertainty, right. you're actually also falling into trust. Right. Yes. A absolutely. And and giving up the the mental certainty for more of a an embodied inner peace sort of certainty where you know that despite outward appearances you right. are well you are held and and you're protected yes and, and that's so true i mean because it, it really to me it really comes down to pride you know we have that pride in ourselves that you know and pride can be a good thing pride can be an awesome thing where you're you're proud of yourself proud of your accomplishments at the same time but you have to understand that 
that pride can also keep you from your blessings. It can, can keep yes. you from really realizing what God really wants you to be and what who you really are, you know, and, yeah. and bless you to be. Well, and I think there's kind of a, what do I want to say? There's a, a tipping point with pride in that the, it's good to hold yourself to a certain standard and to, sure. you know, really what I want to say, take a certain identity in the work and what you're putting out in the world. I think that's the the positive aspect of it. But when you start to tip over into, and it's all about me and I'm so amazing and magnificent that it's right. like, Oh buddy, you've <laughs> yeah. gone a little too far. That's maybe where humility should kind of step in for right. a moment. <laughs> exactly. And that's when you get punched in the face. Yes. <laughs> And that's when you get punched in the face and you're like, oh, hey. Oh, yeah. I should have listened when I heard that little voice say, duck. <laughs> <laughs> should have zigged when I died. Zagged. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, in your own journey, tell me about the, the major places where you had to embrace uncertainty. Oh, man. I mean, there's so many. Uh, you know, especially like, you know, growing up in New York City, uh, you know, people don't understand it's when they say, yeah, it's a rat race. It really truly is. But it's more a little bit more than that. You know, living in a big city like that and it's such a big metropolis where it's, there's so many people come in and it's a big melting pot. It really becomes like this cycle. And until I was about a teenager where we actually started leaving the city and going different places, I was like, wow, there's actually different places outside of the city. Like, you know, it was just like, <laughs> there's something beyond New York. <laughs> yeah, there's a bigger world out there. And uh, so, you know, you just kind of get into this sphere and this, and it's almost like the only way to describe it, it's like you're in this hamster wheel and you just keep going and that's, that's your world. And then as soon as you get out of it, you, you know, you can expand on it. So, you know, one, once I left New York, I left New York uh, in 1996 with my parents, we bought a house in Las Vegas and I went out there, but I was so dead set and determined on going back home because like that was home, that was home. But, um, you know, and, but when I went out to Vegas, I learned and so much, so much more. And, uh, you know, my horizons were expanded. And I, you know, I got to visit California, different other places, you know, all these different experiences. And that's really where it, it really started expanding for me because growing up, you know, looking like this, you know, I, you think that, you know, I'm Italian or whatever. I'm not, I'm, a, I'm Puerto Rican. So I, I didn't get accepted from one group. I didn't get accepted from another group. So I was like, I was my own group, you know, I was my yeah. own group. So, <laughs> so so the yeah. Italians don't want me. The Puerto Ricans don't want me. Yeah, what am I going to do? Like, All right, whatever. I'll join the service, you know. So I'll, I'll go do the airplane thing, you know. But, you know, I, it's still, you, you have that, you have to try and find your identity. And in a city like that where you're really, there's so many people and you can get lost really quickly that, you know, having that identity is, is paramount. So I used my faith to try and forge and that forged my identity to where I was like, you know, no, I don't need to do this. I don't need to do the drugs. I don't need to do the gang thing. I don't need to do any of that stuff. You know, I know where I want to be and I know what, what it, what it is I want to go. And so, so on those levels, you know, that, that created so much uncertainty because there was times where I'm like, I'll never be able to do it. I'll never get, be able to get, get this done. I'll never, how am I supposed to do this? How am I supposed to do that? And so, you know, and, and throughout my life, I've had so many people doubt me and so many people sit there and say, no, you can't do it. You're not, you can't, you just can't do it. Why? Because I said so, you know, and I'm like, okay, well, I'll just go do it anyway. You know, hold my beer and watch this. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Beer, you know what I mean? So they're like, yeah, you'll never get your pilot's license. And I'm like, oh, well, 
I got it. You know guess what? Yeah. Right here. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. You'll never fly a fighter jet. Well, guess what? I've flown an F-16. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. So, you know, I've, I've, I've done all those things and it's, it's a great thing. It's a definitely a great thing. Yeah. I know that there are a lot of amazing things that people learn in the military. And in fact, some of the favorite people that I had when I was manager in a large fortune 500 company i love to hire former military because they had learned so much about how how to be effective and be part of a team and how to really bring their gifts out and forward um you know and in the corporate environment it's it's a pretty easy translation but you're moving into more of a a soulful environment, if you will. Yeah. So tell me about what you learned in the military that actually helps you on that soulful journey. Um, you know, interacting with so many other different people, it, it that's really where it came down to, um, you know, being able to be blessed to go to different places, you know, different parts of the world and things like that, that really did bless me. And being able to, you know, in 2004, I was my first deployment out to the Middle East and where we were actually interacting with a lot of refugees from, you know, Iraq and stuff like that. And being able to do that, that was, that was big, that was huge. So, you know, that really, again, opened up my eyes and opened up a lot of stuff for me. And uh, seeing how they lived and seeing how that part of the world came together, it was it was completely different. And understanding that you're so close to where there were so many biblical stories that actually occurred in that area, it was actually quite, I was one of the few people that are like, hey, man, I actually kind of like being in the desert. <laughs> you know, yeah, I, I don't mind it. You know, I don't mind being out here. And I could do that 40-day thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We're we're good to go, you know. But, um, you know, things like that. So, that really started that journey. And then being able to mentor people. As soon as I was able to be a a mentor and be a trainer, you know, and, you know, training them in my craft and, and honing their skills, that really helped me awaken Big time because my spiritual big time because understanding that I was training them not to be on my level, but to be better than me, mm. that to train them to get to saying, hey, I'm going to get to this point. And once I get to this point, this that's it for me. I need you to jump over me and, and do more than what I wanted. You know, here here's the plan that's laid out, but this plan is going to be decades out. And so I want you to be a part of it because you're going to be taking part of like phase two, if you will. Exactly, because you've got more (laughs) more miles ahead of you than I do. Right, Right. exactly, exactly. So, so that's that's the big deal right there. That's that's how really that is a huge lesson in leadership that most leaders never get. Because so many of them think, oh, I'm going to be the big wig and I need to be, you know, the the smartest person in the room and all of that. And no, no, (laughs) the really good ones. Yeah. Identify the talent that can go way beyond them. Oh, sure, sure. And, and I've, I've had those bosses where they were like, yep, you know, you can't do this because I said so. And I'm like, all right, man. So guess what? I'm just going to show you why you can do it, you know, and then that's, <laughs> that, that's that, you know, you can yell at me later if you want. That's fine. You know, you can, whatever you want. I will but, ask for forgiveness. <laughs> yeah, it's all good, man. We can do that. You know, it's all good. So. Yeah. yeah, that's that's wonderful. Uh, what else did you learn in the the military that helped you with your embracing of uncertainty? 
you know, the times where we had to work with more with less and, you know, understanding like there was times where we'd go up to our jet and, you know, things would not be there. Things would not be ready. And then we'd have to go up and these jets had to be ready to go and fly, you know, certain times where we were, you know, flying and we were in the desert and we had jets that were completely broken, but they were on the schedule for six hours later and they needed to be in the air. They yeah. So you're there. going to find a way to put them in the oh, air. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. And you know, and we're shorthanded and this, that, and a third. And then the, the, the parts are on the other side of the airfield and this, that, that you know, you got to make it, make it work. So that really, you know, that uncertainty there when you knew that, Hey, it wasn't always going to come together. You had to do that. You know, that, that was the big deal. Yeah. And that, that's interesting because I, I work with a lot of entrepreneurs mm-hmm. and, so often I hear from entrepreneurs, well, if I only had more money, I could, you know, fill in the blank. And the truth of the matter is, if you look at entrepreneurs, the ones who, who get like piles and piles of investors and just like write checks to solve every problem, fail more frequently than the ones who had to bootstrap it and get really creative on how they were making this happen. Sure. Yeah. I mean, there's tons of times where we were like, all right, well, we just got to put it together. You know, you had different, three different codes, there's three code, three code, two code, one code, one is like a perfect jet code. Two is like, eh, I can still fly, you know, but it's <laughs> It'll get the job done. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Code three. It's, it's gotta get fixed. You know, several yeah. times where I've gone for code three to put it in code two. I'm like, all right, go get it. You know what I mean? Go do it. You know, yeah. go, you got this, it. This is going to be close enough. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like you're good, man. You're good. You got two wings, a tail, three tires and an engine. You're good to go. And you gas. Know? We guessed it. <laughs> yep. got it. You got it, man. Plenty of gas and bombs. You're good to go, man. So, exactly. but you just got to learn how to be that person to where you can look at that situation and say, hey, this may not be the most ideal situation, but this is what we have. And so we got to, we have to work with what we have. Exactly. Well, and one of the things I love talking to you is you're, you have a very positive, a very, you know, let's just go get it and get it done kind of attitude, which is refreshing. <laughs> <laughs> um, but I know you, you weren't always that way and you've had some struggles with anxiety and depression. Uh, tell me a little bit about what that was like. You know, it was very scary because it, you know, your mind just gets really foggy. You can't focus. You can't, you know, dial in to what you need to do. And that just leads to other doors and, and just where you don't really want to be. And then you lose your energy, you lose your confidence. And, and that's a very, very scary place. It, it really is. Yeah, it's tremendously scary. And I'm going to pause this because I'm going to ask you how you came out of it after we return from the break. You can always continue this conversation with us on Facebook. You can find me at Zofia Renea, that's Z-O-F-I-A-R-E-N-N-E-A. And you can hook up with Sean on Facebook at Faithfully Led. Dot Sean, S-E-A-N, Sean. (laughs) And we will catch you back here right after the break. Be sure to friend us on Facebook. You can do it right now. Visit Facebook.com forward slash Voice America or search for us at keyword Voice America. You have a message. You want to share that message. You want it to be social, to go viral and spread across the planet. 
but how do you get started? Tune in to Amplify, featuring host Ken Roshan. This show is here to help you take that message and channel it through the most effective marketing techniques to not only be successful, but have a positive impact on the world. Tune in live Monday at 8 a.m. Pacific Time and 11 a.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel and get amplified. Want to improve your health, business, and life just by listening to a radio show? Well, we can at least move you in the right direction. Listen for Spotlight, the Allison H. Larson Show. Each week, Allison will speak with amazing guests and find out what's changed their lives and how they are changing the lives of others. From beauty to health to business and personal relationships, we're here to inspire you to live your life of passion. Listen every Tuesday at 10 a.m. Pacific Time, 1 p.m. Eastern on the Voice America Influencers channel. Tune in to the Voice America Variety Channel on the Voice America Talk Radio Network. Voice America Variety broadcasts a diverse array of topics reaching a global community. Our experts come from all walks of life and the topics they discuss are everything from current events, arts and entertainment, leadership, parenting, relationships, self-improvement, career advice, and a variety of other topics. Check us out today. You're sure to find something of interest. Voice America Variety. Talk on today's hot topics. We don't follow. We lead. Join us. The Voice America Influencers Channel. You are listening to Sovereign Self with Sophia Renea Morales. We'd love to hear from you on the show today. Call in to 1-866-472-5795. Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or if you'd prefer, send an email to asksophia at transformationspace.co. Now, back to Sovereign Self. Thank you for hanging in through the break with us. This is Sophia Renea. If you would like to hook up with me on LinkedIn, you can find me at Sophia Renea Morales. Z-O-F-I-A-R-E-N-N-E-A-M-O-R-A-L-E-S. And you can find Sean over there as well at Sean, S-E-A-N-Romero, R-O-M-E-R-O, dash faithfully led. And we were discussing before the break that you had been in a bit of a dark spot at one point in your life. Tell us a little bit about when that was and what kind of put you in that dark space. You know, I honestly didn't realize how deep it was until, um, because in 2013, my, my ex-wife and I, we had separated for, for a, a brief moment before we reconciled. And, um, you know, I didn't really realize how deep it actually was and until after the divorce and where I really didn't realize how other things that really impacted me that even before then, uh, that I really didn't understand how much it, it really on, honestly um, brought me to that point. And uh, once, once it did happen, it was just kind of like these floodgates. It's just everything just came out and everything just came up. And so, so it, it, you know, there, and there was a lot of things. There, there was, you know, um, for me, you know, from when my mom passed away, and 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 all the uh, the infighting with the family, and 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 all the arguments with that, and even when I was growing up, you know, the infighting with the family then, and and the different events that had that had occurred, uh, how that really affected me, and then 
you seeing different things in my military career, you know, again, I wasn't the guy that was kicking in doors, but, you know, I did see, you know, go to different places and stuff like that. See oh, yeah. You still stuff. see the, the results sure. of the violence. Oh, sure, sure. Yeah. And then so, and then once, you know, I had gotten to my relationship, it was a very, very rocky and tumultuous marriage. And so even though, you know, we, we loved each other and we, we had children together, but it was very tumultuous. And so, uh, you know, that really just took me to a point where I kind of supported pressed everything just to move through, just to push through, thinking that, hey, it's going to happen. It'll work. It'll work. It'll work. And, yeah, like, and that's that's really kind of what we're trained to do with it as women, right. but even more so as men. It's like, right. suck it up, pull your pants on and just keep marching. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, you just got to put your big boy pants on and just keep pressing, you know, and, and it's... It, it's hard. And then once it comes to a point where it's a breaking point, because everybody has a breaking point, everybody gets broken. You know, it, it's, you know, it becomes to a point where once that is broken, you look for someone who can really help you and really understand you. You know, in Vietnam, when all the POWs, they all felt the same way because they felt they were so broken because they thought that they were the only ones that broke, you know, but yeah. in reality, everyone broke. Everyone. Everyone yeah. broke. Every single one of them broke. And once they understood that, they actually grew a stronger bond. And the suicide rate actually was was way lower for the POWs than it was just for the average soldier in Vietnam that yeah. came back. So it was like 38% for you know the, the soldiers that came back, but for the POWs, it was only 4%. And people looked at that and they said, why? Why did that happen? It was because they grew that bond together. And, and that's what happens when, when you break down everything, you get broken down, you look for that bond, you look for that person who's going to help you. And, and that's, that's what I did. And that, that's, but what, you know, what was the moment that broke you? What, what was the, the last straw on the camel's back? The, the, the straw that broke the camel's back was when I, I found out that, you know, she was leaving me and, and it, there was no going back. Yeah. Uh, that really was. And that was back in about, mid-September of uh, 2017. And so I was just like devastated. I, I was just like, I, you know, all I ever wanted to do was serve my country and have a family. That's all I ever wanted to do. I never yeah. wanted to. And then automatically you think that you're a failure. You think that you did something wrong. You think that everything you did was wrong. And, and no matter what, it was just, it was, it was just such a horrible, horrible thing to do. And you think that you're, you know, again, this, all the limiting beliefs and the doubts are just come floating yeah. through your head. And it's real easy to go into shame and blame and all of right. that. Yeah. Yeah. And you, and you're, you're shaming yourself. Exactly. That's the best way to put it. And so it just, you know, my happy place was being on my airplane. I'm yeah. like, <laughs> the you know, airplane is so much simpler than women. <laughs> yes. You know, it was like, it was my happy place, you know, and, and me, I was one of the senior guys. So I was, uh, you know, certified on pretty much everything. So I, I would, be able to jump in the jet and start the jet up and do all the avionics. And that was my happy place. I was able to, you know, really get into troubleshooting because I'm that type of person. I like to, I'm a problem solver. I like to solve different things that, and that, that when inspires you can solve me. Solve the airplane. You can't solve the broken marriage. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. You know. So, but it was just like, wow. You know. And plus, me being a pilot, I love to fly. So I would sit there in the cockpit. And it's like, hey, here's this massive machine here, you know, and, and it's like, wow, it's at my own fingertips. So it was, yeah. it was soothing for me, but yeah. the, the time where I was literally in the cockpit and 
I just started crying. I had my crew chief on the ground and we were doing an engine run and I had my crew chief on the ground. I was like, I had to turn the mic off. I was like, and I was like, crying. <laughs> I can't let him know I'm crying up here. Yeah, yeah I can't let him know. It's the young airman. He's like looking up, hey, Sarge, why are you crying? I'm like, shut up, give me 20. You know what I mean? Just like, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Don't yeah, think yeah. this means I'm not in charge. <laughs> just, just, just push the floor, you know what I mean? Just push the floor till you're tired, you know? And so, but I, I couldn't let them know that. And then and that's when I knew it was like, wow, this is really serious. Because, yeah. you know, I got out of the jet, I shut it down, signed my name on the dotted line for whatever I had to do. And I was like, you do the paperwork to it. I said, I got to go. And, you know, and, and like I hid for like a good hour or two because I couldn't, I couldn't do it. Yeah. And so that, that was, that was a moment, that moment right there, which was about the end of September. Like I knew it was like, yeah, it, this is like, I was just broken. Got, got to do something different. So what did you choose to do next? Where did that broken place lead you? Well, that broken place led me to, um, first I, I went to see a doctor. So, cause I was in a very, very dark place. I went to go see a doctor uh, and my doctor, he put me on some medication and stuff and that just did not help me. Uh, the, the medication, I just, it just wasn't me. So what did I do? So the first thing I did was I said, okay, I got to go back to basics. You know, the first thing you do is like, okay, whenever you're troubleshooting something, you're building something, you say, and you're not figuring out, say, okay, stop. Let me go back to the beginning and figure this out. Yep. Somewhere along the line, I know I made a mistake somewhere. So that's exactly what I did. I just reset myself. And then I got into the word. I started getting more into the word. And then I started hitting the gym. So that was my physical remedy. That was my mental escape. So I would hit the well, gym. And four physical hours. exercise is a great yeah. outlet for stress and anxiety. And it's like a natural Prozac in a lot of ways. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So I was just hitting the gym hardcore. And uh, it was about four days out of the week, I was hitting the gym and uh, for about a good hour and a half, almost two hours, you know, every night because I worked night shift. As soon as I got off work, went straight to the gym. It was like another hour and a half. And then I would come home and then I would be okay. I was okay. You know, and, and you know, I always wasn't getting much sleep, but that I, I after I did, I was okay. And uh, that really started me on, on my path to starting to get me. And then I, I built a, a network and I only had about two or three people that I would always just go to. I, I couldn't, you know, tell everyone that was happening, but my two or three people that I went to, they helped me. And at two out of those people, they, they went through divorce also. So they knew what was going on. They knew, I knew who I could talk to. I knew who I could go to. I knew who I can depend on. And I knew that they were going to be there for me. Yeah. So, and, and they were the ones that, that really helped me out to that. Yeah, it's really critically important to have that support network around you as you're going through changes like this, who are like-minded, who've been down that path before you, who can hold space for you, who can provide advice, who can be sounding boards and go, okay, I hear what you're saying, but let's think about this for a minute. Is this really true? Right, right. Exactly. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because you get these limiting beliefs. And I remember I was at work one day and then a good friend of mine came up to me and he's like, you're not because I, I smile everywhere I go. I was always happy. And, and one day at work and he's like, you're not smiling. So I know there's a problem. And, you know, I just kind of laid it out. And he's like, we had like a big heart to heart almost for like almost two hours. And, 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 you know, I would always go to him like, hey, man, I need some advice. What should I do here? You know, what do I, what do I do here? What, what, what do you think I should do? 
Because, you know, you want to play the good guy, but at the same time, you got to play the bad guy. And then. Yeah. Well, and you can't be the pushover, but you do need to be. Yeah. Right. Right. And then with the kids involved and stuff like that, you just. And then there was a lot of animosity. And because and, and, even through all that stuff, there's. You, you go through the animosity, you go through the anger, then you go through the mourning, and then there's the, and then there's the healing. You yeah. know, so it, and and that was that that was there, and it was always in my face. So it was just even harder to kind of move forward, you know. And that 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 was the worst because it was always in my face. And so what I did was again, I I, I dug deep and I got into the word, and the word is what really saved me. It, it really did, and that that really got me that path, and where I found my spirituality again. I found my faith again. Yeah, and where I let it go for so long because I was trying to be, you know, make her happy. Mm-hmm. I was trying to be that person for her because I thought this is what was this supposed would, to do. Exactly. Yeah, th- this is what makes will make her happy. This is what will fix the marriage. But that's right, not, right, right, right. It's about the relationship. Right, exactly. With God, yeah. not showing up and checking all the boxes. Right, exactly, and yeah. you know, being able to be that person, you know, and understanding that, you know, in the word, it says, you know, I, I'm the leader of the house and, and, and me being that leader, even though I'm, I'm the leader at work, I really truly wasn't the leader of my, of my family at home because I wasn't being that faithful person in faith mm-hmm. and in spirituality. And so that led to a lot of things to have to get in between us. And that led to a lot of things to get in between, you know, coming to our marriage. And, you know, the one thing I didn't want was, I didn't want my children to emulate that when they got older and thinking yeah. that that was the way it's supposed to be. And that isn't. And, yeah, and my biggest no. worry was, was for them really. Exactly. Well, and I, I know I, I counsel a lot of people who are going through relationship stuff mm-hmm. and it's like, you know, there are two relationships you've got to get right before you can go out and find that special other person. Right. The first one is your relationship with yourself. And the second one is your relationship with the divine. Right, right. Absolutely. Absolutely. I mean, because without that, there's no foundation. You know, it's kind of like, you know, you, you, everybody worries about, you know, their obviously financials is, is important. You know, everybody yeah. worries about, you know, their job, their career. And the practicalities of life. Yeah. Exactly. But all that stuff is great. And it's part of life. But if it's not built on that foundation of faith and spirituality, where you can always go back to and understand that that's where it's founded on and where you can build, you know, even more so than what it is now, then, I mean, you can't build a house on sand. You have to build it on bedrock, Yeah. you know, and, and it's, and it's biblical, you know, so you, you, that's, and once that is there, once you have that firm foundation, you know, you can get through anything, no matter how dark it is, no, no matter how deep of a de- depression you get into, you can always come out of it. Absolutely. So tell me how you were led to the John C. Maxwell training. How did that show up for you in your life? Well, you know, I've always enjoyed being a speaker. I've always enjoyed being a trainer and and being able to be like an ambassador, if you will. Uh, So I was in training uh, in Tennessee for a non-commissioned officer academy. And in that time, uh, there was a speaker. And in that speaker, she was a retired chief master sergeant and she was a, you know, John Maxwell speaker. And at the time, honestly, I didn't even know who John Maxwell was. And so she was telling me she did this. And then something told me like after she gave our speech to, to go and talk to her. So I approached her, said, hey, chief, how you doing? And, you know, we started talking. She's like, yeah, I'm a John Maxwell. So I'm like, who? You know, she's like, 
<laughs> and so, and she told me all about it. And then, so she kind of sponsored me and that led me down that path. And I started reading more of his books and started reading more of his, his material. And that really got me inspired. And then when I found out that there was a training, I was like, I have to do this. This, I have to get done. I have to do this because I was like, I, I want to be that speaker. I want to be able to be on stage. I want to be able to give Ted talks. I want to be able to inspire other people. But you know, even though I can have credibility by just saying, Hey, I'm a U.S. Air Force veteran and I've done this, but how much more awesome if I was trained by one of the best, the greatest, if you will, and have that as my, you know, lead in and, and that'd be give me more credibility and more me, you know, really hone my craft. So then that's where that came from. Where, where did this fall in relationship to your pulling yourself out of your depression tailspin? You know, it happened before, um, it, it happened actually before, uh, everything. And, um, it happened, uh, right after my, uh, actually it was right, right after we reconciled. So mm-hmm. it was in 2014 when I, when I first learned about it and then I got deployed. And then when I came back, I was like, all right, I'm in it, you know, I'm ready to roll. So, and then I did it and then I went through all the training and then it, then it, everything just kind of fell into place in 2015 and I got certified. So, but then with everything else, I just kind of kept it on the back burner because of everything. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah. And was there anything that you learned in that process that was helpful to you in, in coming through the difficulties with the divorce? Sure. I mean, absolutely. When, when, you know, going through it, you know, because John Maxwell, a lot of people may just know him as just this leadership guru, but, you know, he was a pastor and everything that he does is biblical, is based on that biblical faith. And so when I was reading more into it and really getting more into it, that, you know, understanding that you had to have that bedrock, that foundation of faith was really was going to make you successful in anything that you do, no matter what. That's really where it came down to. So when when I was reading, you know, one of his books uh, about, you know, great leaders write, ask great questions that, you know, while I was looking through that, I started asking myself certain questions like, what am I doing? You know, how am I resetting myself? Mm-hmm. You know, who who is my circle? Who is in my in my inner circle? Who do I want to be? Where do I want to go? And I started asking these questions, but yeah. I asked more so not just for me, but what does God want me to be? Who does God want me to be with? What kind of a person does God want me to be? Where is God leading me to go to where I want to be, where I think I want to be? You exactly. Know, and, you know, well, where I, I think I want to be. I love the, the questions because I've found in my own personal journey that asking the right questions makes a huge difference in whether you get an answer that's useful or not. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes. Because you will always get an answer, but if you ask a piss-poor question... Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's oh, yeah. it's not going to be what you need if you're asking. <laughs> well, how can this situation get any worse? You don't really want the answer to that question. <laughs> yeah, that's true. That's true. No, you want to know how can I improve what's happening here? How right. does what's happening right now serve me and my greater good? What's the right. lesson I'm taking forward out of this? How is this building my strength? Yes. Absolutely. <laughs> yes. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's it. And I used to tell all my guys, I said, you know, I don't want you to go out there and thinking that, you know, if you can't ask a question, because, you know, I always said asking questions does several things. One of them is makes you humble. Number two, learn makes you learn 
the right way of doing things. And number three, it helps you learn how to ask the right questions. Yes. So you got to ask those questions. And I said, I'm not ever going to, I said, I may make fun of you, but (laughs) I will still answer it, you know, and I'm not going to, you know, and that's just a crew chief way. You know, we, we always just, you know, that's the way it was. But at the end of the day, I said, you know, I'm not going to, I'm not going to browbeat you. I'm not going to, you know, tell you that was the dumbest question ever. Next question, you know, no, <laughs> no, you will get an answer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Get an answer. You know what I mean? And it'll be, a, it'll be, a, you know, an honest answer. But then next and afterwards, I'm like, really, really, you asked that question, you know? But it's, it. You have to ask the question. You do. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I have more questions for you about what your yes. plans in the future oh. and all this kind of thing are. Yes. But we're going to go to commercial break soon. Awesome. And so I'm just going to remind all the listeners out there that you can call in with questions at 866-472-5795. And you can ask your question live on air if you call in the next 16 minutes. Um, And you can catch up with us on Instagram. I am Zofia Renea, Z-O-F-I-A-R-E-N-N-E-A. And you can reach Sean on Instagram at faithfully underscore led. And we will catch you after the break. So stay tuned. Think you've seen everything there is to see in online television? Let us surprise you. Visit voiceamerica.tv today for sports, health, business, and more on demand 24-7. There's a new force to be reckoned with in talk radio. It's not just talk radio. Hosted by LaTanya Jr. and co-host Tina Wynn and Tony Brown. Not Just Talk Radio is like a superhero. Inspiring, problem-solving, and informing. Packed with action-provoking conversations from news, movements, and social and politics issues. This program is about a wide range of voices and fresh points of view from experts, celebrities, and you, the listener. Not Just Talk Radio is broadcast live Wednesdays at 11 a.m. Eastern Time, 8 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Tune in every week to the Voice America Influencers Channel for The Movement with Shannon D. Hughes. It's all about what's happened in the past that determines the future. Everyone has their up moments and their down moments. The pendulum is always swinging between the victories and the pitfalls in our lives. But each of these serves as success points that we learn from and move forward. Listen for The Movement every Wednesday at 2 p.m. Eastern Time, 11 a.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Sustainable success is just around the corner. If you are an entrepreneur, business leader, or anybody looking for their next level of success, tune into Sustainable Success with host Chris Salem. Did you know that the path to success is a long path that started many years ago? The path you started on then determines what is happening now. Chris and his amazing guests in their field will help you navigate the path to sustainable success every Thursday at 12 noon Eastern Time and 9 a.m. Pacific on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Change starts here. Change starts now. Join us, the Voice America Influencers Channel. You are listening to Sovereign Self with Sophia Renea Morales. We'd love to hear from you on the show today. Call in to 1-866-472-5795. 
Again, that's 1-866-472-5795. Or if you'd prefer, send an email to asksophia at transformationspace.co. Now, back to Sovereign Self. Thanks for hanging in through the break with us, Sophia Renea, and we are here talking to Sean Romero today. We're talking about how embracing uncertainty can make a huge difference in your path of growth and how embracing that uncertainty and taking those steps and failing forward actually is a much faster path of growth than trying to take the safe route. (laughs) (laughs) Anyway, I know that you have a lot of irons in the fire right now. You're launching a program of yours uh, in three weeks called Embracing the Suck, (laughs) which I think kind of gets to the heart of the growth path, uh, as well as the Angel Wings Initiative, and then raising four rambunctious young children. (laughs) Yes. So as a single father of four, uh, what would you say is your biggest challenge and what tips would you give single parents out there who are trying to live into their highest lives as well? One of the biggest challenges, uh, obviously, you know, you're trying to balance, you know, work and, and just life in general and stuff. Uh, communication. Uh, my eldest is 13. And, and even though my youngest is three, you know, I communicate with my kids just like anything else. And as long as I'm communicating with them, and making them understand that, this is for their betterment. This is going to just be a temporary thing, no matter what it is that you're going through that, and they can understand rather than trying to shield them. If you're trying to shield them from everything, well, number one, they're not going to learn, they're not going to grow and they're not going to appreciate it later on. Yeah. And, and they're so, going to be confused probably yeah, as well. Yeah, And that just creates more, and then it just creates more heartache for you because then now if you're trying to shield them from stuff, so that means you have to build a false story or a lie and then, you know, now you got to keep up with that. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's just, this is a heartache. So just, you know, and, and you're not really doing your job as a parent, you know, your part, job as a parent is to make them better than you. So if you're lying to them, how are you helping them make them better than you? So, you know, just be honest with them and, you know, exactly. Just, well, and you need to prepare them for the real world, right? I mean, right. life happens. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. You know, and they're going to form their own opinions. And as soon as you don't form their own opinions, you got to understand. And then you talk to them about that and make them understand why their opinion may be, you know, wrong, you know, and even though right. they may have or that why they today. might want to consider an alternate opinion. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So, you know, that, that's the, my biggest advice, just to the, have an open communication. Don't keep it, don't keep it from them because kids are resilient. They'll, they'll get through it. They, they will, they really will. Absolutely. So how do you balance, you know, being there for the kids and then all of, all of this beautiful work that you're bringing out into the world? Because it, when it's you and you're wearing all the hats, <laughs> yeah, yeah. it gets busy in a hurry. Oh, yeah, it sure does. You know, and like I'm planning out the summertime now because uh, I'm actually, you know, I'm letting everybody know I'm, I'm reenlisting just to kind of finish out my 20s. So, you know, having to do that and go into a different airframe and learn all that stuff, you know, there's a lot of stuff that you got to juggle. Um, and again, the way I do it is just basically, you know, no matter what you map out again, like we said, before it you always got to kind of adapt you, you adapt to the situation so you know i i make sure that there's a, a routine but understand I, I build into that routine like hey there's a little buffer here there's a little buffer there you know and i i make sure i put time in there so they can decompress yeah. because i don't want them to stress out 
And so that's, that's more key than anything. Cause as soon as they start freaking out, they start that I have to reel them in and that wastes time for me. And that just, and it's so, a lot of energy spent on everybody's part. Yeah. Right. Exactly. So I'm just trying to make, keep them focused and keep them and understand that, Hey, you guys are still kids go enjoy life. Just yeah, exactly. A little downtime is a good thing. Yeah, 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 exactly. So, you know, live in the Jersey shore, you know, the beach, you know, it's so, yeah. so good. you know, so it's that, that's, that's what I do. And, and but again, I, I plan accordingly. And then I understand that that plan and I let them know, Hey, plans will change. This is what we're planning. Don't expect it to be this way. But, yeah, because you know, life may throw us a curveball, but exactly, yeah. so we got to do it this way. So that's that's what you do. That's wonderful. So tell us a little bit about embracing the suck. Yes, embracing the suck. Okay, so this is going to be a downloadable course that you can find on my website, um, faithfullyled.com. And uh, you can go there if you want to book me for, you know, speaking engagements, but also if you want to do one-on-one coaching, I do one-on-one coaching uh, with with other people who are understanding that, you know, it's all about embracing the uncertainty, embracing the uncertainty of life. You know, I tell people, hey, you know, Murphy's Law, <laughs> Murphy's going to come knocking on your door and he's going to come collect. You know, when you would least expect it, Murphy's like, guess what, buddy? It's time. Um, it's time. <laughs> exactly. You know, you just paid your rent, just paid your electric, just did all. Hey, where's, where's mine? You know I mean? Zero so, in the checking account now. Come go. up with it. <laughs> so, but yeah, exactly. He goes, but, you know, and he, and he takes it not so much monetarily, but it's more emotionally. Yes. So I'm teaching people how to embrace that because that's where your growth is. And instead of having to have post-traumatic stress, dealing with post-traumatic growth and how to struggle well, basically, in that area and to build yourself up and to do that through uh, being, you know, you're building your faith, um, building, you know, finances also, because I'm also life insurance certified here in the state of New Jersey, so I can actually help people uh, build some sort of financial plan and stuff like that. Uh, your physical wellness plan, you know, how to teach, hey, this this is your 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 workout schedule and what have you. And then there's your your mental state and how to build your inner circle. So I'm going to go through all that stuff, and then people are going to understand that, and they're going to understand how to influence in the in the in the loop that I call I I C I I. Um, my, my icky, if you will. So, you know, <laughs> so, so what, what do all the I's and C's stand okay, for there? Okay. So for I, you have your influence. You're going to stop, start at the top. Cause, and I got this from the OODA loop. And, and again, this is another loop that I learned in the military. The OODA loop stands for observe, orient, decide, and act. And this is how we teach our fighter pilots how to, how to fight. But the icky is you, you influence, you want to have influence. So the way you influence yourself and to influence others and whether it's your business or personal life, you know, I'm going to teach people how to create a, a way to influence yourself and influence others to be more, more independent and, and more, you know, punctual and things like that. And then you want to get your integrity. So your integrity is where you're going to be persistent. And that's where you're going to be honest because integrity is, you know, the definition of integrity is you're doing stuff, the right stuff, the right thing when nobody else is looking. So you're building that integrity and then that C is going to build that culture. So once you have that culture embraced in you, that, that culture is going to cultivate other things. It's going to create better, more opportunities for you. And then you're going to already be influenced by the Lord. You're going to be influenced by what you're doing. You're going to be inspired by what you're doing. And then that'll lead to the other eye, which would be your innovation or your inspiration. And then once that goes, you're going to have, It'll complete the circle to complete the loop because it goes right back to your influence. And that builds your influence right there and it goes right through the circle again. Beautiful. 
beautiful, a, a uh, productive loop as opposed to these uh, yeah, absolutely, absolutely. And circles can, that we yeah, can so easily exactly. get into. Yeah, exactly. Now, I want to take just a couple minutes here at the end of the hour to talk about one of the ways that you're giving back and, and building up to give back to the, the world, uh, the Angel Wings Initiative. Tell me a little bit about that. So it's always been a, a, a passion of mine to fly. Um, I've studied aviation since I was six years old. Um, but one of the big things that really gets to me is, is children. And to see children suffer, see children hurt, I, I hate it. And then to see families who are so financially hurt that they can't get their children to areas like, you know, the DuPont uh, Hospital or St. Jude's or anything like that where their children, and they have nowhere means of going. Um, so being a pilot myself, and that's my passion to fly, uh, what I'm going to do is I'm going to, as soon as I finish my ratings in the fall, uh, I am going to be renting airplanes to be able to take families who know, who do not have the financial ability to take transport their family to these hospitals and offer and donate my time and to be able to take them and get them to where they need to be because, you know, the worst thing in the world is to see your child suffering and knowing that there's a place that can help them, but you can't get there. Yeah. So, you know, and that's, that's breaking my, when, when my daughter, Chloe, when she was an infant, she was through two months old, uh, she contracted RSV and I was at work. I was at, I was on alert. And, tell, and, uh, tell us is, what RSV is for those. Um, who RSV haven't. is basically uh, just um, it's pneumonia for babies. Yeah, okay. and, and and it's so it, it's a it's a virus that it's just basically like pneumonia, but you know for babies it can be deadly. Oh, and, absolutely. Well, it can be deadly for adults right, too. Yeah, yeah, but <laughs> yeah. so much so for for babies because you know they're they're you know the trachea and everything else are, are just so tiny and they you can't breathe and obviously they can't speak and. But, um, you know, my, my daughter had RSV, and so she stopped breathing. My, my wife at the time called 911. They rushed her to the hospital. I rushed from base all the way to the hospital. She was in the hospital for three days. You know, thank God, you know, she, you know, they, they got her breathing again, and they got her going and stuff like that. But, you know, to think Scary. about it. Absolutely. Yeah. And then my, my eldest daughter, she, you know, she had to go through a lot of stuff when she was younger and we had to take her to um, Children's Hospital of Philadelphia and things like that. And so that sort of stuff really just, it, it stuck with me and including a very good friend of mine who passed away um, and, uh, you know, seeing her family go through everything that they did, you know, to get him to where he needed to be. I was like, man, I, I would never want to be in that position to where say I can offer services and just do it and just yeah. Just because it's the right thing to do. It's just Exactly. It's just, you're in need. You have a child in the middle of the country that needs to get to one of the coasts. Absolutely. We can get you there. Yeah. Pick you up in an airplane. Let's go. We have yeah. a great ride. Beautiful. So I love that. That's the love Angel that. Wings Initiative. So... Um, if somebody wanted to talk to you about that, if they had an airplane, if they knew had somebody who had an airplane who would be willing to participate in this with you or knew someone who had need of this sort of service, uh, what is the best way for them to get in contact with you? Uh, they can email me directly at sean at faithfullyled.com. Uh, or they can just uh, find me on Facebook and Instagram. You can direct message me there. And, uh, you know, and again, you can find me directly through my website and uh, faithfullyled.com and they can get, get me, get in contact with me through there. Yeah, and just say, Hey, I'm, I'm 
reaching out to you about the Angel yeah. Wings Initiative. And here's yeah. here's what I've got, whether it's yes, a person yes. in need or a person with resources. <laughs> yes, absolutely. 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 That's lovely. Thank you so much for being on the show with me today, Sean. It's been a pleasure chatting with you. Oh, thank you. It's my honor. It's, it, it, it was my honor for being on here, Sophia. Thank you so much. I really appreciate the, the time and God bless you. Thank you so much. I had such a great time. I had a blast also. Thank you. And you can uh, reach me on Facebook again, Zofia Renea, Z-O-F-I-A-R-E-N-N-E-A. And Sean is at faithfullyled.sean. That's S-E-A-N, Sean. Um, I also have Second Saturdays coming up in in July, and we will be doing Soul Contracts or Life Blueprints, whichever name tickles your fancy. where we will take a look at your birth name and what that means for your life here in this world. What were the tools you brought in with you? What are the challenges you came here to face? And what are the things that get you up in the morning? What are the integral parts of your life purpose? So if you're interested in that, you can go to SophiaSecondSaturdays.com to register or learn more. And until next week, live soul first. Thank you for being a part of our program this week. Sovereign Self can be heard live every Monday at 7 p.m. Eastern Time and 4 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Influencers Channel. Please join host Sophia Renea Morales again next week, right here 